2: I'm terrified of getting old. I looked in the mirror yesterday, and I saw uh, wrinkles where there didn't used to be wrinkles. Uh, On the right side, uh, just above my ear, there are gray hairs coming in. Yeah. And uh, I started seeing this type of stuff. I started seeing these signs of aging uh, early, uh, early this year. Okay, I admit it was a few years ago. This year, though, I got real nervous about it, and so I uh, picked up a new hobby to try to pretend to be young. I am a skateboarder now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I, I do a lot of jogging, and one day I was running along uh, one path, and I came upon a skate park. This was in the summer months still, and uh, in that skate park, there were all these uh, young folks uh, zipping around on these little skateboards, uh, laughing, having a good time. You could tell they were trying to improve themselves, uh, sweating from the exertion, the physical exercise. I looked at that, and I thought, I, I could I could give that a shot at least, right? And so, uh, you know, as, as you do as an old person, you start researching. <laughs> and I, I started asking around, hey, do you think at like 35 I could like approach skateboarding and maybe try it anew? You know, never having skateboarded before in my life, could I start this as a as a brand new hobby? And if I'm honest, most of the advice was, uh, no, Lee, no, you're, you're a father now. Uh, you're going to fall here and crack your head open. You're going to injure yourself. No, 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 you can't do that. And so I went to a skate shop and bought a skateboard. And I've been spending a little bit of time at uh, skate parks As a matter of fact, I got a text message as the day was winding down yesterday from my wife Uh, She said, hey Lee, listen, uh, we're going to pick you up from work today I'm not going to tell you what's going on We're going to pick you up from work Uh, I've got dinner covered And she showed up right here in front of broadcast house And when I got in the car, I saw there were my skateboard shoes and my skateboard And there was a picnic lunch and we went out to uh, a skate park just across the street from Guadalupe Elementary School uh, in Rose Park. And there we had a picnic lunch and I got to skateboard for a little bit. Now, why do I tell you that story? I've told you portions of that in the past, my Lou uh, affection for skateboarding. I-, I tell you because there is another, there's another activity of youth which I have uh, resisted, if I'm honest, like the plague. And it's, it's playing video games. When when I was young, I don't know if it was you know because my dad really thought that it would rot my brain or if money was tight or what. But for whatever reason, uh, we didn't we didn't have uh, video game con- we didn't have a Nintendo we didn't have the Super Nintendo or the Ataris we didn't have that stuff in my house as I was as I was growing up. And so I you know entering into adulthood uh, slipped into the stereotypical thinking that uh, video games are bad for you and that they'll rot your brain. My attitude could probably be summed up in this uh, report from CBS News uh, way back in 1982. Have a listen. City officials today announced that video games no longer will be licensed in residential areas, only in commercial and industrial neighborhoods. Officials say they are responding to complaints from parents that children have skipped school or stolen money to play the games and made a nuisance of themselves. Yeah, you got that? (laughs) You play video games, you turn into a delinquent. My thanks to producer Amy Delinquent herself for tracking down that. Oh, you're not delinquent, okay, okay. Uh, well, she tracked down that video clip from 1982, and it, honestly, that pretty much summed up, pretty much summed up my attitude towards video gaming. And then it was a few months ago that there was a study from Brigham Young University and we here on uh, these airwaves we had a conversation with Sarah Coyne a professor of family life at BYU uh, and the lead author of a study that showed uh, that showed <laughs> that 90% of people who are playing games today are not doing so you know playing the nintendos or the playstations i think there's some new playstation coming out right I think I saw some uh, friends posting on social media all excited about some purchase they're making. Is that not out yet? It is? I don't know. I don't care. 90% of gamers today uh, are not playing in a way that's harmful or causes long-term negative consequences or does anything to lead to what was speculated in 1982 uh, that uh, the kids are going to be skipping school and stealing money. Here's what uh, Professor Coyne found. 90%
1: of people who played video games did not show any signs of video game addiction.
2: When I had that conversation, uh, after the program, I I sat down and I thought to myself, well, hmm, I I have a number of friends who are uh, playing video games who are into this gaming. I wonder uh, if I I might go out and purchase some kind of gaming console. My thinking was even furthered by the fact that Professor Coyne in that same conversation said that You know, some video gaming may actually have some benefits.
1: Other research has shown some profound benefits to playing video games. And I see some real benefits, especially right now. Right. So when we've taken away almost all social interaction for kids, uh, there's a lot of research showing that video games can help adolescents connect. And they're vitally important for that, for friendship formation and maintenance.
2: Okay, fine. Maybe video games are okay. I don't think I'm going to be getting one. It did cross my mind after that conversation. I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna hold the line. Uh, I get, a, I get plenty of socialization here at work each day. Even though, honestly, I mean, think, think about how my job works. I sit here right now in an empty room. I am staring at a wall, and I'm talking into a, a microphone. Yeah, and you're there on the other end, but I can't see you. I get to hear from you from time to time, and in a moment, I'm gonna open the phone lines, and you and I are gonna talk about video games. But most of the program is spent myself here, uh, all all alone, uh, talking to a brick wall. Maybe I could use some added socialization and I can find it in video games. Huh, all right. Well, uh, very good. There is a new study. A new study, uh, even further reaching than the the study conducted uh, by Brigham Young University, this time from Oxford. Uh, according to an Oxford publication, uh, conventional wisdom has it that too many cooks spoil the broth. Such. Judiciousness is not usually considered the basis of scientific pronouncements or international rulings on the need to limit the number of people in kitchens. But when it comes to video games, conventional wisdom, not science, forms the basis of our thinking and even pronouncements from global authorities. Now, that is the assertion made by this Professor Zabluski. He's the director of research at the Oxford Internet Institute. And what Professor Zabluski said about doing is disproving an assertion made by the World Health Organization that there is something called gaming disorder, and that playing these games is an addictive behavior. And again, the World Health Organization has classified gaming addiction as a disease. Zabluski says, it's a fun name, Zabluski. Try to guess how how he spells his name. It's pronounced Zabluski, and it is spelled... P-R-Z-Y-B-Y-L-S-K-I. Andy Zabluski. His study shows that there may not be uh, the detrimental effect as claimed by the World Health World Health Organization. And others have gone so far as to say that especially in these times of relative isolation and the quarantines and the social distancing and schools, for, you know, in, in many places, Areas being shut down, that the benefits that are gained by these young people playing games and and older folks alike, has been incredibly beneficial. Incredibly beneficial. Here from a few years ago is Professor uh, Zabluski himself uh, speaking, responding to the claims of dangers in video games.
3: There are definitely things that we should be keeping our eyes on when it comes to new technologies, but a lot of the critique could have just as easily been applied to rock music or comic books, um, there's really an issue of causation versus correlation. There might be some people who are predisposed to social isolation, who might be playing games alone, um, but the causal evidence really is not there. We have about 25 years of brain research and large-scale research with young people, boys and girls, um, and the evidence really shows that the effects, for good or bad, are very, very small. We're talking 1% of a young person's well-being or functioning has anything to do with either social media or gaming.
2: Well, there you go. Two, two massive universities uh, with studies both looking at this, both finding that the detriment of video game play is not summarized in the stereotypical view that I had or was communicated in that 1982 CBS News report, surmising that uh, young people playing video games are going to be led down a path of thievery <laughs> and truancy. So was I wrong? Are, are video games good now? Let me ask you this. In the next segment, I want to hear from you. Do you or someone you love play video games? Uh, I, I'd like to be convinced. This is one of those like change my mind type things. I'm, I'm on the fence. Uh, I'm ready to be swayed. Uh, what, what has your experience been in particular during this pandemic? Have you found relief? In video gaming during the pandemic. I, I won't laugh or pick on you. I, I promise you that. I'm having a serious conversation. These video games, uh, are, are have they been a benefit, a net benefit, a net positive as we have battled isolation during this coronavirus? 801. Call in, share with me your experience and make your pitch to me why maybe the Lonsberry household ought to be one with a gaming console. Your calls next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is K... Oh, my wife's already texted in she says not a chance. This is KSL News Radio. All right, we're going to jump right into the phone calls. The question I have asked uh, are, are video games good? I grew up with this stereotypical view that anyone playing video games into adulthood is probably living in mom's basement and has, uh, uh, you know, fingers full of Cheetos or something like that. Uh, I, have been, uh, I have been made aware of the air of my ways. I have uh, spoken to professors. I have re- read studies. I'm not yet to the point where I've got a video game console in my own home, but I am more and more uh, opening my mind to the the benefits. And, uh, and man, from the list of uh, callers on the line now and some of the comments they made to producer Amy, uh, it turns out I may have been way off. Let's start with Scott from uh, Delta. Scott, you on the line? I am. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. I'm happier now speaking with you. I'm honored you'd call in and listen. Uh, what's, your, what's been your experience with uh, with video gaming?
0: So I, growing up, I was, I was a lot the same with you. We didn't, we didn't play a lot at all. Um, but through this COVID stuff, my boys have gotten into uh, uh, PlayStation, and, and I've let them. But this COVID has been holding them back. Um, they're into this derby game called Fest, okay. And uh, you can put headphones on, and you can play with your other buddies that are in other states. And it's actually pretty cool. In fact, it's funny because last night I played it and it was it was a blast. Yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, since, I have friends. Since of the mine,
2: derbies. I have friends of mine who who shared the exact same observation as you. Uh, when I was young, we didn't have the internet connected games, and so you know it was you I know mean, we'd play snowboarding or skateboarding or whatever when I'd go over to a friend's house. But now, as you're describing, you've got the headsets, you're connected to other folks, you you are able to play yeah. as a team. Uh, and, and friends of mine, adults say that it is a remarkable way to keep up with uh, maybe friends from the military they haven't seen in a long time uh, here in Utah. I know there are a lot of missionaries, former missionaries, that keep in contact with one another, uh, and then just friends from across town. Uh, I, I very much understand uh, the, the the social connection made available in this technology.
0: Yeah, we've uh, been, we're very high into der- demolition derbies, and this year most of them have been canceled, and mm-hmm. And so this was a little bit of something to lean on, which yeah. it kind of sounds funny, but it it
2: really is. So, Let, let me ask you real quickly I, in parting. i, I got to run, but, uh, Scott, you think uh, this coming summer we'll have some demolition derbies to, to attend? Yes. Good. I
0: think so. Good. I think everybody's getting things figured out, even if COVID's still around. I think
2: it's going to happen. Outstanding. So. Well, I'll, I'll be in the stands rooting for you and your boys. Thanks a lot, Scott. Uh, next, we're going to move on to Daniel calling from West Jordan. Daniel, what do you say?
3: Well, there's good and bad. It's a great way to kind of let your mind drop and uh, just kind of have fun. But I have an ex son in law who was totally addicted. Mm. And um, tell you what, he got violent and he became a real um, monster. He played violent video games, and then if he got interrupted, he was just nasty, nasty as could be. And so, mm. not a, uh, No way am I going to say it's a good thing all around.
2: Mm. Uh, well, Daniel, listen, I'm am uh, grateful to you for calling in and reminding us that, as the studies show, uh, both of these two studies that I've cited here, there is room for exceptions. Uh, the BYU study said that ninety. Percent of those who engage in uh, you know the video game play uh, do so with no ill effect. That leaves ten percent, and we may have uh, discovered a member of the ten percent here uh, uh, from our friend Daniel on the phone. Uh, Mark calling from Kaysville. Mark, what do you think about these video games?
3: Kaylee Hey. Larry. hey. Uh, I, yeah, I want to push the envelope of your paradigm here a little bit. I'm ready. <clears throat> I'm a 46 year old anesthesiologist. I am a more-than-casual gamer, have been my whole life. Somehow, I'm not in my mom's basement eating <laughs> Cheetos, although I love Cheetos like you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Over the last 20 years of doing anesthesia, you can imagine the number of
0: surgeons I've worked with.
2: Sure.
3: And, and the surgeons who are known gamers, and there's data to support this, but the surgeons who are known gamers... Are so markedly better, and I'm talking about surgery skills here. Okay, there's the ability to look at an object coming on at a mirror image and control it without making a mistake. There's decision making, there's strategy, uh, all these things are so obvious and so markedly better in, in gamers that uh, <clears throat> you know it, it would be it would be embarrassing if anyone really kind of understood it. I think. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so the next step I want to push you into is we're, um, actually I've noticed that non-gamers are becoming more and more handicapped oh, no. in the areas I just talked about. So there's a critical mass building, right? I mean, more and more we're having people like you talk about it. There's more data coming out. The critical mass is becoming such that the people who are actually non-gamers are completely anti are, are, are really kind of becoming handicapped. Um, what, what, what's the game?
2: What's the game, Mark? That, that you play? What do you recommend for me?
3: Well, gosh, uh, I would go. You have a computer? I do. I would download uh, League of Legends and start there. Play uh, <clears throat> Teamfight Tactics or League of Legends. I play all kinds of games. All mm-hmm. mine are on the computer with my brothers. But
2: right. uh, of yeah, interestingly.
3: Most people don't realize this, especially non-gamers. You know, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And non-gamers don't know that there are four disciplines within gaming, and they each really, really – I mean, you're not just sitting there. Your last caller said that I think, oh, it's a good way to let your mind go. But that's not actually what's happening. Your mind is becoming sharper, quicker, uh, all things good. And and most like 90 percent. And I think you're you're the lady from the study from BYU said yeah. uh, that they had noted profound um, benefits, not just not just this nice to have someone to talk to business, but they noticed profound business benefits, which is true.
2: Totally true. Well, shoot, Mark. Listen, I, I, I got to say goodbye, but I am so grateful for this conversation and you, you've moved me in a direction. I've got League of Legends here written down. I think I might check it out. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe it'll go beyond the computer and I'll have a console in the, the living room. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for, for the call and the insight there. Uh, that is an interesting thing he brings up about surgeons being uh, you know, especially good at their craft. Uh, when coming from you know a gaming lifestyle, I as as drone technology specifically its military applications have become more uh, the norm. And how like movies and interviews and uh, we you and I, you and I have been able to get you know a closer look at how drone technology works. And you come to be familiar with these drone pilots, they're using video game controllers, right? And you got to develop that skill. And as Mark here describes, that's uh, maybe a skill developed uh, in your home with your console. Uh, last call on the subject. We have about thirty seconds left. It's Corey calling from Salt Lake, an educator. Corey, what do you say?
1: Hey, yeah. So I'm gonna really push gaming as well with you, Lee. Hope that's okay. Please. I uh, I've been a I've been a teacher and administrator for for many many years. I'm one of those closet ones that had to sit through many meetings where parents and teachers would be with the kid and. And, and put all the blame on gaming, right? Like, oh, if you wouldn't be gaming. And, uh, and so just reinforcing that that negative idea that gaming destroys. But in my mind, I was always just biting my tongue and thinking, uh, I think you're wrong, but I'm not going to wage that battle yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, regardless, you know, if you were to look at even like the, the study on, on what's happening in a kid's brain when he is engaged in a video game and how active it is and how much positive Uh, feedback they are receiving, it's incredible. And so with all of that positive feedback that they're getting, you put them in any other situation where they're not getting positive feedback on a continual basis, then yeah, suddenly gaming becomes preferable to doing things where it's just static and there's no feedback coming, especially if it's not Positive. I think, I think video games gets the bad rap of being the cause. Where really, it's just uh, in many times in many um, hard situations, it can be more of of a coping mechanism, right? Of, of trying to find sure. something where they can find some positive feedback. From an adult standpoint, I mean, I have I have a couple buddies. Um, actually, we have a group of about seven of us that yeah. most of them married, four or five kids. We get on probably. Three times a week, an hour, hour and a half, um, and it's just an incredible way to socialize where, you know, that's not going to happen outside of that gaming console because it just takes too much time to, to set up, you know. Commuting and yeah. and Corey, some of live
2: I got to stop you. I got to stop you there. I want to thank you though for the insight you've shared here. This has been for me uh, all these conversations I've had. Scott, Daniel, Mark, even Corey, uh, re- re- remarkable insight. Uh, I'm going to rethink my position here. If you want to continue this conversation, please move your move things over to the text line five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. And we're going to take one final break, and when we return, we're going to wrap up the show. With a conversation with Utah's Congressman-elect, Burgess Owens. My guest ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the
1: face.
3: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
3: They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us.